Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Jared Bailey from Laces Out. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First off, it's free. You don't got to pay anything to use Anchor. And there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome to the latest edition of Laces Out. Jared Bailey, Kurt Homister with you as always. Had a week off last week. Back today. Kurt, it's good to see you again, my friend. Back today is right. It's been a little bit of a, a while since our last episode, but a nice break mm. needed here. Uh, not that really much was going on in the NFL world, but training camp has started up, so we are very excited. And we have a friend of the show who somehow, I guess he likes us because he decided to come <laughs> back. So uh, we welcome back. Legendary Bengals quarterback, Ken Anderson, to the show. Ken, how are you? I am doing great. Glad to be back with you guys. Absolutely. Oh, it's, it's good to have you back. I guess you didn't think we were too much of, dege- of degenerates to come back and talk to us, eh? Oh, no, that's why I came back. <laughs> <laughs> Try to talk some sense into us, huh? Well, maybe he thinks that he, he, he sees a little bit of himself in us, Kurt. Maybe. That, that might be what it is. That, that might be what it is, but... As I said earlier, training camp has started, so we are all very excited. And uh, right now we are recording 5 o'clock on, uh, what is this, Thursday afternoon. So the opt-out deadline is passed. That was at 4 o'clock for Mm opt-out. So teams know who's going to be playing this year. They know who they have. They know who they don't have. So NFL season is forming a little bit here, gentlemen. And uh, we're still praying that we're going to have a season, but um, I don't know. What, what, are, what are our thoughts right now? Because kind of the last time we talked, we were all saying, like, you know, yeah, we're going to have a season. Maybe we'll have fans eventually, but now we're looking. We're not going to have fans, but we're hopefully going to have a season. So what are, what are our thoughts uh, going, going forward here? Well, you know, I guess I'm a little bit nervous. You see what's happened with baseball and, you know, all with the Marlins and the, the Cardinals, it kind of goes through their team uh, you know, pretty quickly. And football, you've got so many more guys on a team. And, you know, I, I think one of the problems that you have is that it's, it's easy to kind of create the situation when you're in the facility, you know. And now they're in the, the conditioning part of it and meetings and walkthrough, and you can kind of do all those things. But, you know, at the end of the day, they go home. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I, I don't know about you, if, if I were 22 years old and I was single, I wasn't probably going to go home and cook for myself. I'm going to try <laughs> to find someone that I can eat. You know, it's going to take a lot of self-discipline, mm-hmm. you know, on the players 
uh, to go ahead and follow the protocols and, and stay healthy to make this thing work. Yeah. Yeah. And we, I think we saw, we got the report out of the, of 3,000 people that were tested. I think 56 came back positive. So, I mean, less than 2%. So that's a solid start. Obviously, we want to get that number even lower than what it's at now. But with the ginormous number of teams around the entire country, you know, reporting to facilities and getting training camps started, uh, with less than 2% reporting positive, and I think that's at least a start from where uh, we can go. And in terms of baseball, I think that, you know, you, we have to take into consideration the travel schedule that baseball is still running under because they didn't, they chose not to do a bubble. So, I mean, we still got guys traveling um, city to city on a weekly basis, on a daily basis, really. So we saw the outbreak with the Marlins. We saw the outbreak um, with the Cardinals, Phillies and Yankees, you know, different things have happened with them as well, where the Phillies couldn't play for a while. So I think that, you know, with football is going to be a little bit different just because, you know, teams are going to fly out, you know, the night before, play fly out right after so I think that the travel is what um, is something that's going to make it maybe a little bit of a better outlook for the NFL at least that's what we can hope for um, in terms of you know a possible COVID outbreak absolutely again one of the big differences is and I was listening to you know one of the the linemen talking about it and uh, uh, I think it was maybe Aaron Donnelly said he wasn't going to wear a face shield and he said you know I'm not sure it's going to do any good when you know, when you hit people, you're sweating all each over each other. You're True. spitting all over each other. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, I, I, unfortunately, uh, you know, you can play a baseball game and not touch anybody else. In football, that's not the case. Right. And I, I think that's kind of – that's an interesting thing, too, because I think of from the majority of the guys that we've seen opt out, a lot of them are offensive linemen. A lot of them are defensive linemen, too. And you think about it, I mean, offensive linemen, they got guys directly next to them, the guys directly across from them, too. They're going to be bashing heads with each other. So, I mean, it's understandable why those guys are going to be the majority of the guys opting out here. So, I don't know. It's, it's you, know, you know, when you talk about that opting out, and I think, you know, it's a very personal thing, and I, and I don't think that anybody, you know, can think anything negative about a guy that makes that choice. And and I think back to our Super Bowl year. If this would have happened our Super Bowl year, uh, my son uh, was six years old, and all of a sudden, man, he had bruises everywhere. And, you know, we're kind of getting called into the school, and, you know, as a parental abuse or whatever, it, it turned out he had a blood disorder and ended up having his spleen removed, and his immuniza immunization system was not quite up to par. Had that been the case, I may not have gone to a Super Bowl. I, I may have chosen not to play that year because of my son. Oh. So there's a, a lot of different reasons, you know, family reasons. And it may, may not be your immediate family, maybe your parents. Uh, mm -hmm. you, know, uh, you know, if you got young children in the house, there's, you know, so those that choose that not to opt out, it's, it's not that they're 100% for the team. And we can't, you know, think anything negative about that. Absolutely. And I, I think that's that's the main thing is, I mean, I was vocal about it on Twitter because my Buffalo Bills, Tredavious White, was, you know, leaning on the fence whether he's going to play or not. And he is playing, so I, I have quite the relief from that. But you can't blame these guys. I mean, he has, uh, he has two young kids, I think maybe around five, five and three. And what are you going to do? You're going to have your, your family come up to Buffalo, but they can't leave the house for six months. Or you're going to leave them in your hometown, but you can't see them for six months. So it's, it's uh, I can't imagine what the, what the decision would be like for that. But um, yeah, like you said, I mean, you can't blame these guys. They're, it's their decision, and family comes first, always. And we saw Marquise Goodwin decide to opt out after, you know, the struggles that his wife and him have had in terms of, you know, previous miscarriages and the death of his child. So, you know, the 
fact that they finally have a healthy child, he decided I'm not taking any risks. I'm staying home. So, you know, more, more power to him for making that decision. But regardless, gentlemen, we do have football. You know, at least that's the case at the moment. We got training camp and we've got uh, Ken, a guy that you coach, you want a Super Bowl with, Big Ben Roethlisberger coming off surgery, missing all of the previous season. Mike Tomlin saying he looks good. Ben saying he's lighter than he's been in 13 or 14 years. And I'm feeling incredibly giddy about what this season could could uh, could bring. So how do you think uh, Ben's going to rebound um, from missing an entire year uh, going into year 17? He'll be just fine. You know, he'll be rested. He'll be healthy. Um, ben is, a, is such a unique talent at the quarterback position. Uh, you know, number one, he's got size, but he's still elusive. And I tell you what, it always, I mean, he's accurate from the pocket, but Boy, I tell you what, he's as good as I've ever seen that when things break down and he and he's moving outside the pocket, he sees the field as well as anybody, and he's got the arm to get guys deep when he's out of the pocket. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's I, – I, I, Ben Roethlisberger's arm talent has always been, since he's been drafted, it's been one of his, his specialties. And now that he's getting a little older, I don't know if we're really going to be seeing him running around the field and maybe deking out defenders here, but – I still think you put Ben Roethlisberger in that offense. He's going to look anybody. He's going to make anybody look good. He's going to make Juju look good. He's going to make um, James Conner have a bounce back year because I think he's just got that, that, you know, leadership talent that just the raw talent that he's always had throughout his whole career. I think that the Steelers are probably going to be fine. I am still a little skeptical on them just because, I mean, he's coming off, I think, is it, is it, officially like Tommy John surgery is that what it was they they released the official sort of report and it's not officially Tommy John it's it's something similar to that but um, But not a lot of people at at that age to play professional quarterback in the NFL you have to be a little bit skeptical uh, skeptical for it but uh, anybody that can do it it's Ben yeah yeah I got a lot of confidence in him Mm-hmm. And you know what? I'm going to take the advice of his former quarterback coach who he helped win a Super Bowl and I'm going to run with it. And that's the final opinion. <laughs> on the so, But here's the thing, you know, with the offense, you know, they draft Chase Claypool to add another receiver along with Juju, uh, James Washington, James Connors coming back. They draft Anthony McFarlane defensively there. This is the best defense Ben's had since maybe that 08 run um, in terms of Watt and Dupree off the edge. Stephon Tewitt's coming back, though, as well, who missed a vast majority of last season because he had a season-ending shoulder injury. Um, so they're going to, you know, probably move Cam Moore to the inside and nose tackle, have Tewitt, Bud Dupree, uh, TJ Waddell coming off the edge. This is a good defense. The secondary is incredible. Um, Steven Nelson, a guy who we plan on having on here in the coming days. Joe Hayden, Minka. I mean, it's an incredible team, um, and we'll see how they fare going forward one of the reasons i always like the steelers is because of their head coach and mm-hmm. and i don't know why he doesn't get a little bit more credit because uh, i think he's one of the finest coaches yep. in the national football league and sometimes i think everybody expects pittsburgh to be good and uh you know they don't give the head coach a credit because they're he's the one that's really making them good and ken i did want to i did want to ask you about this because you're one of you know the few people who had the experience of coaching you know on his staff I was a guy, you know, a few years ago after the Jacksonville playoff loss. I'm not going to pretend I didn't say this. I thought that they maybe should have considered other options. This past year, he's made me do a complete 180 in terms of my overall opinion, being able to take them to an 8-8 eight and eight record with just the absolute bombshell that they had at quarterback. What is Mike Tomlin like in that locker room? Well, I, I tell you what, he, he's always calm. Um, he holds players accountable. 
Um, he's prepared for any situation. Uh, he never gets flustered. He's very honest with the players and their evaluation, uh, even the quarterback position. Um, so, no, I, I just think that he's, you know, and, and he has a way that, that, that he gets the best out of players. And, you know, it's amazing that a lot of guys that have gone elsewhere, all of a sudden they've got problems, but there was never a problem when they were in Pittsburgh. So he's got a real good pulse on the team. And I, I think that's something that we should all be very amazed of, that he could hold down Antonio Brown for that long and, and keep him on the team and keep the team still moving because, I mean, we see, we see a lot of problems coming up with Antonio Brown now, but Mike Tomlin has kept that team together. He had Le'Veon Bell, he had Big Ben, he had uh, A.B. I mean, I think that's through the past couple of years, that, that might be one of those teams that you look back on and say, how in the world did they not win another Super Bowl? I do it every day, Kurt. I know you do. I know you absolutely do. But I just I, – I don't know how they didn't win a Super Bowl because they had so much talent on that team. And it's, I think Mike deserves a Nobel Peace Prize for being able to do everything that he did with that. But exactly. speaking, of quarter, speaking of quarterbacks, we do have a lot of them heading in new places this year, Ken. And, uh, you know, with guys like Tom Brady heading to Tampa, Teddy Bridgewater – in Carolina now. Um, is there a certain quarterback that sticks out who's going to be playing with a new team that you think might have just an incredible year? I'm really anxious to see how Tom Brady does down in Tampa Bay with Bruce Arians. Uh, mm -hmm. you, know, you know, Bruce was the offensive coordinator of the three years that I was in Pittsburgh coaching. It's a, it's a fun offense that, has a, that lets you attack in a lot of different ways. Uh, they've got an extended no-huddle package that I know Tom really mm -hmm. likes. Um, he's got weapons down there, maybe that he hasn't had in a while. Um, I think that could be a, a real interesting situation if they can, you know, get the offensive line to hold up for him. Their defense is, is not too bad. Um, I guess the early reports are that he's throwing the football really well down there. So I, I think that's going to be a, uh, an interesting, you know, match between head coach and quarterback, you know, in that situation. Right. I mean, I, I think that's the easy choice because it's one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever do it going on a, a team with more talent than maybe he's ever played with before. He gets he gets Gronk back. He's got Mike Evans. He's got Chris Godwin. He's got a whole plethora of tight ends that he can use. Now they have LaShawn McCoy that they bring in, too. They draft the running back. I mean, I, being a Bills fan, have been tortured by Tom Brady my entire life, but I, I can't I can't lie and not and say that I'm not a little bit excited to watch this team because – we haven't really seen any hype like this before with one of the, one of the greatest of all time changing teams and going and possibly winning a Super Bowl this year. They have a very good chance of at least making making the Super Bowl this year, I think. Yeah, now, Ken, how about, about Philip Rivers going to, to mm -hmm. Indianapolis? Yeah, yeah. You know, there's a I think, nice fit. I think that's one of maybe the better fits just because, you know, he has some, some similarity with Frank Reich in that system. Reich was with him. Um, when he was the char on the Chargers staff, um, I believe, in 2013 through 15. So there's some similarity with the offense. Um, I believe their quarterback's coach was also on that same staff. So Phillips, you know, kind of familiar with the offense. They bring in Jonathan Taylor, another nice running back to compliment Marlon Mack. Um, um, they draft Michael Pittman to compliment T.Y. Hill. I mean, this is a, this is a good receiving core. Um, so, and, you know, they finally have a number two for T.Y. They bring in Pittman, solid running backs. Defensively, I mean, Darius Leonard is an absolute dog. So. We know that what what you know what the talent's already capable of. If you put Philip in the right situation behind that incredible offensive line, I, I like Philip a lot uh, down in, in, in Indianapolis and in, eh, Indianapolis, Kurt. There you go. But 
we there's there's another guy too that we can talk about that seems like everybody's been talking about is there's a new face in New England now, Cam Newton coming in there. And Ken, I kind of want to get your take on this because I think we have is it eight or nine confirmed guys opting out for the Patriots this year. So they're going to have a completely different team. They lost a bunch of guys to free agency. They bring in Cam Newton. They really don't have too many uh, weapons on that offense. I don't know, Ken, I just want to know, you know, coming from the quarterback guru that you are, how, how Cam Newton's going to fare in that offense. They still have Bill Belichick. They have Josh McDaniels, but I don't know. I don't see it going all that well for him to, uh, there. Well, and it's, you know, you talk about maybe personalities that may not mesh, you know, when you think of Cam and, I, you know, you, you look at some of his uh, post-game press conferences and, yeah. uh, you know, he's a, a little flamboyant maybe at times and you know, flamboyant, I, I don't know, plays well in, in New England or, or not. But I, I will say one thing uh, about, you know, whether it's Bill or, or, or Josh McDaniel, that they've really done a job over the years of designing offenses for what the talent that they have. And, you know, and, and of course, a lot of it, you know, was Tom Brady, you know, one of the greatest of all time. But, you know, to come up with ways to have an effective offense when you don't have a lot uh, surrounding you except the quarterback. So mm -hmm. they're, they're good enough coaches that they'll figure out something. And, you know, it's whether, uh, you know, Cam can survive in an atmosphere like that. I mean, I think that I'm, when this all happened, Kurt, we talked about it extensively on this show. Um, you know, you look at the talent on that offense, there's not a lot of it, <laughs> to put it mildly. I mean, I think that, you know, Julian Edelman it was kind of an extension of Tom Brady. Uh, I don't think he's going to be nearly as successful. They don't have any tight ends. Running back-wise, I think Sony Michelle and that entire group took a big step back last year. We don't really know what Nikhil Harry is. He's going to have to really prove a lot this year. And defensively I mean they lost a lot of guys in the front seven um you know Stefan Gilmore is still one of the best cornerbacks in football I think it's kind of a toss-up between him Trey Wade Jalen Ramsey I think you can all kind of mismatch them and I wouldn't argue with you too much but I think that that's really going to be where their success lies is if their defense can really help out that offense it's going to have to I don't think the offense is going to score a lot of points uh and I think that it's going to be it's going to be interesting I mean I'm excited to watch it but um, I just don't see it going well. It's it's a completely different team now. I mean, Brady's gone, yeah. Gronk's been gone. I'm gonna I'll run through some of the players here that are opting out for the Patriots. Uh, Matt Lacoste, the tight end, who was gonna be competing for maybe the number one tight end position. Marquise Lee, who's another offensive talent, gone. Patrick Chung, who's been that the pretty much lockdown safety in that defense for a long, long time. Uh, Dante Hightower, who's been a linebacker there for a long, long time. Uh, Brandon Bolden, running back, Marcus Cannon, offensive tackle. I mean, it's just – it's not going to be the Patriots that we're used to, and I can't wait to watch that. I, I, <laughs> I just – I hope that, Jarrett, you're, you're, um, what you've been talking about for a long time, I hope it doesn't come true that now they're just going to tank and end up with one of the top quarterbacks in the next draft. But uh, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see about that. I'm, I'm just praying that that's not going to be the case. And speaking of quarterbacks in the next draft, we can talk about quarterbacks in this draft because – the Cincinnati Bengals, they are also in training camp, and Ken, Joe Burrow is looking good from the film I've seen. Yeah, which is not surprising. You know, he had such a great year last year, and, you know, from everything, you know, and the only thing that I've known is what I read in the, the Cincinnati papers and listen to a couple of the radio shows that, 
that he looks well. He's, he's throwing the football extremely well. His, his leadership capabilities are, are, are showing up. And so I think it's going to be a, you know, a smooth transition for him. And, you know, now it's kind of, you know, he's a little bit behind the eight ball because you, you come in and you're limited in practices. You're not going to get any uh, preseason games. And, you know, although I think, you know, Zach Taylor made a good comment that, you know, as far as the number of reps he was going to get with A.J. Green in preseason games, it probably wasn't going to be a lot anyway because A.J. wasn't going to be playing, you yeah. know. <laughs> so you're going to have to you create those situations in practice. And, you know, it's, it's going to be interesting. And, you know, listening to a, a, an interview with the defensive coordinator, you know, all of a sudden there's – you got to have a little bit of tackling in practice now to work on it when, yeah. you know, you really didn't do a whole lot of it because you had the games that were, were coming up. And now you've got to get that work done in practice. So it, it kind of goes, uh, geez, back to when I started training camp and, you know, we're having – okay, we're, we're kind of going into a team situation and, and you know, quarterbacks were live. And then you, mm -hmm. you got hit in, in practice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, so it's, uh, you know, I'm sure that's not going to be the case with, with quarterbacks, but you're going to have to do a little bit more of that than the, than the teams are used to in training camp. Yeah. I mean, teams are going to have to get creative now because there's nothing normal going on with this season. There's, there's no training camp or there's no, uh, preseason, like you said. So they're going to have to get creative and they're going to have to be smart about it too, because they really can't be, I don't, I mean, I don't know. It, it's, it's going to be interesting to watch because I just know, just from seeing all the Bills reporters and everything, I, I even saw somebody um, say that teams have been reaching out to the Buffalo Bills because apparently they've been dealing with all their COVID precautions and everything. They're doing it better than anybody, I guess, and teams have been reaching out to them. So I don't know. I mean, it's just going to be a big change, a big change for sure. Um, I'm glad that like we were talking about opting out before, I'm glad that we didn't really see any of the big stars opt out. I mean, I couldn't imagine if we saw somebody like a, a Patrick Mahomes opt out of a season. I mean, it would just be – it'd be wild. So The AFC wouldn't mind if that happened. You know, when, when, you, when you think about it, it's those are the guys that it would be the easiest for them to opt out, that they've, mm -hmm. they've made a lot of money. Yeah. And missing a season, it's not going to hurt them financially. Yeah. You know, the, the guys that – you know, what, what did I hear that, you know, that 70% of the guys in the NFL are kind of making the minimum salary. Mm -hmm. Those are the guys that need to play. Right. It's, it's not the top 30%. Yeah. And I'm sure that the, uh, the rest of the AFC wouldn't mind if Patrick Mahomes decided to sit this one out. <laughs> but uh, unfortunately for them, he's going to be there. Um, but back to Cincinnati, I mean, I like their look a lot. I like their draft. Um, obviously, Burrow was a great pick. They uh, bring in T. Higgins as well. So now, I mean – we look at A.J. Green, Tyler Boyd, who had a phenomenal – a very quiet, phenomenal year last year, mm -hmm. the absence of A.J. Green. You put T. Higgins in that mix. You're talking about maybe the better – one of the better trios in terms of receivers, not just, you know, the AFC North, but in all of football. Okay. Um, so, we'll see how that goes in the AFC North. But staying in the AFC North, you know, Ken, I don't think we really talked too much about Baltimore with you last time that we were on. You know, we know Lamar Jackson had a phenomenal year. How do you see him kind of building off that? Do you see him maybe take a little step back? Well, no, I, I don't. And because I think that, you know, what you saw between his first and second year was his improvement throwing the football. And, you know, I think Greg Roman has done a, a great job as the coordinator there, you know, kind of designing that offense around him, playing to his, his strengths. Uh, they're back being Baltimore where they've got, uh, you know, they want to run the football and, and, and use him in the play action game. They've got a solid defense uh, again. Um, you know, Coach Harbaugh is uh, another good coach that's been there a, a long time. 
So they're a, really a, a solid football team, and, and I don't think Lamar's going to take a step back at all. Yeah, I mean, Ken, do you think do you think Lamar can really keep this up for his whole career? I don't know. I personally, I guess it's just because we've never really seen a mobile quarterback like him be able to sustain the success. We've seen it for a few years, a short burst of this, wow, look at this guy play, but then teams maybe figure him out. Do you think teams are going to figure Lamar out? Because he's, he's a tough player to figure out. Well, you, you know, like I said, it goes back to that, that the, the big thing about him is he throws the ball well. Mm-hmm. And so you can figure about a little bit in the running game and he can still hurt you throwing. But, True. you know, the thing that impressed me last year is that he, he's smart enough running it. He's not taking the big hits. Yeah. You know, he, he's elusive enough that it, it's kind of people hit him on the side or he's going down. So it's not like he's a bull in a china shop and just you know, trying to run over people and, and taking a lot of, of huge hits. He's been smart about what he's doing. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of that might have to come back to his backup quarterback, Robert Griffin III, perhaps being in his ear because RG3 is a guy who had his, you know, his starting career cut very short because of the way he ran the ball. He didn't slide very well. The Haloti Nada hit that really kind of bent his knee in a weird position that cut his season a little bit off. So I think that maybe RG3 has a lot to do with Lamar being a smart runner, saying, hey, don't do the things that I did if you want to, you know, keep this stardom going. Yeah. yeah. It's funny when you, when you talk about, you know, not sliding well. And I remember back early in my coaching career, you know, we would work on that in training camp. And I'd kind of wait for that, you know, day that you got that pop-up thunderstorm before practice and there's that <laughs> nice little puddle along the sideline. You know, we would go and work on our sliding yeah. in, the, in the puddles and then, Geez, as the quarterback started making more money, I, w- I got afraid to do it. I, said, I, got, <laughs> I can't get a guy, you know, making a million dollars a year that's yeah. going to fly to get a puddle. <laughs> <laughs> They'd be coming for you, yeah. <laughs> so, Ken, I mean, if you had a guess right now, who do you think comes out on top in the AFC North? Wow. Um, I, I, I tell you, uh, with Ben back, I, I have a tough time betting against the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, if Here's he, to you. Their, their, their defense is better. And, and like I say, I, I've got a, a, a lot of respect for Coach Tomlin. And, you know, Randy Feekner, their offensive coordinator, is, uh, is uh, you know, was there on that staff when I was there, is a good friend. He's doing a great job there. You know, Keith Butler, you know, on the defensive side of the football, I, I think they've got talent. Um, you know, I, I remember when I, the three years that I was there in Baltimore was, was real good. And, Geez, they had a hard time getting by the Steelers, and they, they, they couldn't do it the three years that we were there. And, and I'm going to put my, my money on Ben. And, you know, and, and like I said, I am so excited about, you know, Cincinnati. And, you know, we, we talked a little bit about them earlier, but, you know, they spent a lot of money in the offseason on the defensive side of the football. I think they'll be better. Uh, Darren Simmons is a, a real solid special teams coach. They'll be solid. If we get our, our offensive line, uh, you know, up to snuff a little bit, uh, I think we got a chance to have a, a real good year. And, you know, it, it's – when you look, it's like uh, all of a sudden we've got, you know, two extra first-round draft choices this year. Jonah Williams didn't yeah. play down even in right. training camp last year. You know, he's back at, at left tackle. You know, A.J. Green didn't play a snap last year. So, uh, you know, and, and I really like Zach Taylor as a head coach. And, you know, I think we talked about it the last time that I was on. And, you know, he – he kept those guys engaged the whole season. And, um, you know, one of the, the key moments to me was uh, we had a chance, my wife had a chance to go over when the Bengals played the Rams in London. And, and the Bengals were struggling. 
And so, you know, you have your Thursday practice, you go to the airport, you get on a plane, you fly all night, you know, you get there, you get to your hotel, you check in and you get on the bus and you're going to go out for your Friday practice. You know, and it's kind of then I was at that practice and it's a, you know, a, a chilly, rainy London day, you know, <laughs> you know, and God, we're having a lousy season. God, we flew all night, you know, but, you know, it's easy to go out there and go through the motions. Yep. They had as spirited a practice as I've seen. You know, those guys were in, as Paul Brown would say, in the spirit of things. They were running around, flying around, engaged. The attention to detail was outstanding. And, and I'm thinking, you know, this guy may be a young coach, but he knows how to handle this football team. So I, I think there's, you know, I don't know how, how much better the Bengals are going to be, but I think they're going to be better. Yeah, are they going to be better than Cleveland? Yes. No. Yeah, they, they could be. I mean, <laughs> I, think, I think we really see – in the next coming years, if, if these teams do do all the right things, that could be one of the most fierce divisions in the NFL. I mean, you got the Browns who were apparently Super Bowl favorites last year, if you ask a lot of people, and then that didn't work out. But they, not, they got a new head coach. They got a few new nice players in there. Baltimore is going to be good for probably the foreseeable future here. Pittsburgh's got everything pretty much figured out. So, I like that division. I think that's going to be fun to watch, and I think the Bengals are going to be fun to watch. It's going to be back like the days when I played back in the yeah. 70s. But yeah. I remember one year, I think uh, we only played 14 games, uh, you know, back in the mid-70s, but the Steelers won the division at 12-2. and two. We were the wild card at 11-3, and three, <laughs> and Cleveland and Houston were 10-4 and four and didn't make the playoffs. I think they oh. would have won any other division, but they, wow. they couldn't make the playoffs. Wow. So, uh, I, that's going to be a, a very strong division. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Well, let it, the record show that Ken Anderson definitively said yes. The Cincinnati Bengals will be better than Cleveland. You heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> that was the easiest thing I've ever said because I'm always going to be better than Cleveland. I don't care what what the prognosticators say. <laughs> he is one of the best quarterbacks to ever lace up a pair of cleats. The best mustache in the history of pro football, Ken Anderson. We always appreciate having you on, and when the season starts, we'll definitely have you on again, talk some Bengals and all around the NFL. Hey, can I get a plug-in for my foundation real quick? Absolutely. Um, starting next Thursday, uh, I'm doing it on the, the second and fourth Thursday of every month. I'm doing a virtual happy hour ah. that, you can, uh, that you can go to KenAndersonAlliance.org and find out how to get on, or you can go to the Ken Anderson Alliance YouTube station. But my first three shows, my lineup are Chris Collinsworth for the first one, Johnny Bench for the second one, and uh, Archie Manning for the third. Wow. We got uh, a lot of wow. rap we're doing, and I got trivia, and, and people can win prizes, and they get the trivia questions right. So uh, that starts next Thursday, 5 o'clock, uh, with Chris Collinsworth. Quite the lineup. That sounds awesome. All right. That's a, that's a three-for-three three lineup. Again, Chris <laughs> Collinsworth, Johnny Bench, and Archie Manning, a great lineup. But what was that site again, Ken? Uh, KenAndersonAlliance.org. Awesome. There you go. Ken, we appreciate you as always. We'll talk soon, all right? Well, you better call me back again. I have fun with you guys. Absolutely. Hey, we as appreciate as it, as of long course. As you'll come back, we'll always accept you. Thanks, Ken. You got it. Thanks, guys. <laughs> all right. Friend of the show, Ken Anderson. Always love talking football with him. Kurt, we've got a little bit of a plug ourselves to do because, uh, you know, we're trying to perhaps get some merch out. And, you know, the thing that I sent you last night, I think it's, it's the perfect debut one. I think so. I think so. And if uh, if we start this up, I think it's a good idea because 
we can we can have some good stuff going. I mean, we got we got uh, Jameis Winston, who's always been a a favorite of our podcast, breaking history last year with the thirty for thirty. So um, if we start this up, I think it might work. And uh, I I got some ideas turning in my head here. So if you head over to our Twitter page following this show, it will be the pinned tweet uh, with the two images of the front and the back of the shirt. Um, and we can kind of get a little bit of feedback there and see if we want to go through with this. But besides that, you know, uh, anything else? I mean, well, have we talked since Jamal Adams became a Seahawk? Uh, not really. Not, not too much. I think maybe privately we've yeah. talked. But we, we got and about, I know, we yeah, got about seven I, minutes here to, to yeah, break it. I know, we, I, I know we didn't have a lot of time left. I just wanted to say I was disappointed, one, that now I have to not be the biggest fan of Jamal Adams. Yeah. Oh. Especially after that Dan Russell Wilson video. Oh my God! For even, the love we don't, of God, we don't have we don't have enough time to break that down. But if you haven't seen it, I don't. I, I think Warren Sapp tweeted it out. It's it's cringeworthy. But um, I will say this on the Jamal Adams trade: I would never, in a million years, I don't care who it is, I would never give up that much for a safety. I know Jamal Adams is probably the best safety in the league. That's a lot to give up for a safety. Two first-round yeah. picks, I believe a third-round pick, and another safety. Yeah, they got um, – oh, that's going to bug me. Uh, they got McDougal. I can't remember the I name of the guy. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, will, I'm going to – I will uh, Google while I'm talking here. Yeah, that's fine. So they got two ones and a three, and then Bradley McDougal, I believe is the name. Bradley Mc, um, McDougland, yes. Yeah, so – and he's – and I don't want to make it sound like he's not a good player because he is a good player. He's a solid starting safety in this league. I just couldn't remember the name. So, yeah, they get a solid starting safety, two ones and a three from Jamal Adams. I I get why people, you know, say the Jets won the trade because I think that they did too. I just don't get the point of drafting a guy for the hopes of him being elite only for him to want to be right. paid like he's elite when he is yep. just to trade him away. It, so it, it makes no sense, and it just furthers my point that the Jets are – a dumpster fire and will probably be that for, 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 for the foreseeable future because they cut offensive linemen that are the biggest need on that team, which my Buffalo Bills scooped on up, which I'm very happy that they about. they did. But it just doesn't make sense. Pay your players. I am getting ready for the Bills to back up the Brinks truck to pay Trey White because give him all the money in the world because he's worth it. If you have a absolutely. lockdown player, an absolute lockdown player in that secondary – you can build a an elite defense very easily. So that's all I'll that, say. I just hope that – I don't even hope because I know it's going to happen that the Jets are going to miss on those pits, picks and it's oh, yeah. better. So that's well, all I have to say. <laughs> that's my rant. That's the, the daily Kurt rant. So, yeah. all right, buddy. It was a good show as always. Ken Anderson, always love having him on. You can find me on Twitter, Jay Bailey NFL. Kurt, where can they find you? You guys can find me at Kurt – K-U-R-T, Hamaser, H-A-U-M-E-S-S-E-R-88. And uh, find us on Twitter at LacesOutPTST. Uh, we'll be announcing any further guests that we're having on the show, which we have a few lined up here. Steven Nelson, as we've been talking about, uh, possibly a few more in the works here that we've been talking to. So uh, got some good stuff coming on the way to get you. Maybe, maybe a few of Ken Anderson's Cincinnati Bengals, if you guys want a maybe, little bit of a tease. Maybe, maybe some, some more Bengals talk. Uh, so that's a little teaser there for you. But uh, we'll get you through training camp, and we'll get you to the regular season. As long as you guys stick with us, uh, we appreciate the love always. That we will. Again, head over to the Laces Out uh, Twitter page. You can check out the shirts in the pin tweet. 
And if you like what we do here on Laces Out, head over to the link in our Twitter bio. It is our Patreon. Give us a, a little bit of a donation if you like what we do here, all the interviews on all, everything that we do here at Laces Out. Head over to our Patreon and uh, give us a pledge. It'd be much appreciated. So until next time, it's not, we'll get back to you sooner than, you know, this past week took it off. Um, but, you know, as training camp keeps ramping up, uh, we'll be here to give you the best sports talk that we can give you right now. Um, keep doing what we do here on Laces Out, all the football talk we got. Absolutely. We will see you guys next week. Stay safe out there, everybody. Wear a mask. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.